Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast, the podcast that passes wisdom to the next generation of youth sports coaches and youth sports parents. Hey, and athletes, if you want to listen to, it's for you as well. So in our episode today, we interview a wonderful guest, Tammy Matheny. She is a mental game coach and author and also the founder of Refuse to Lose Coaching. In our conversation today, we talk and share about different mental tips and warm-ups that you can share with your young athletes. We talk about connecting the why of why do they play sports to the why of the team and so much more. So without further ado, make sure to dive in and hey, reach out to us. Let us know in the comments how, what you got from it. Connect with us on social media. It's the reason that we create this content and have so many great guests on. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right. I'm looking forward to it as well. And the first question that we all, that we ask all of our, you know, podcast guests is what is your definition of impactful leadership? To me, impactful leadership is about positively helping teams, people, and or yourself move toward your vision, your goals, and to help people and yourself really live out your yeah, I love that you're talking about positively moving towards the vision and the goals. So I'm curious, I'd love for you to share with the listeners where you are at right now. And, and how did you come up with that definition? How did your life experiences shape those thoughts? Well, currently, I'm a mental game coach in South Carolina. And part of being a mental game coach is obviously leading. I have to lead myself right. since I own my own company. Um, but helping lead coaches and, and athletes. And I, I think that definition has evolved through through time. Um, you mentioned John Gordon. He's, along with several other members of his team, they have heavily influenced that definition as well. Um, and that's what a leader is. A leader is, is we call it servant servanthood, and it's serving others to help others reach their potential, reach the goals that they, what, whatever they're aiming to achieve. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not mm -hmm. about, I think the biggest transition for me as a coach has been recognizing that it's not what my goals are for, for these athletes. It's about helping the athletes tap into their own goals. So I'm curious as a mental game coach, how do you tap in and, and really work on helping athletes develop their own goals without like, you know, with being a positive influence, right. But you don't want to influence your, your complete and entire thoughts on where you think they should go. You want to empower them to, you know, create that for themselves. You know, in, in asking that I, I kind of smirked because I think back as a young coach, and yeah, as a coach, we do have goals for athletes, but mm -hmm. I probably was a little too forceful of forcing mine, my goals on them and trying to get them to live my why instead of theirs. Uh, so I, I think I've matured in that thinking through the years. And it really starts with having that conversation of why do you play? And, and that seems such an easy question, but so many athletes struggle to answer that. Because they are thinking what their parents want them to say, or they're thinking what they should say for their coach. And some have really never just stopped to think, why do they play? And what ultimately drives them to play? And, <clears throat> excuse me, but I'll often tell them it has to be bigger than the results. You can't play because you want to win every game, because that's not going to happen. 
your big reason for playing can't be because you get X amount of playing time. So it, helping them see the bigger picture of why they play the sport they do play. And I'm curious, you know, why have you shifted into this role now of being a mental game coach? Um, so I coached for, I guess it was 14, 15 years and then got into administration and realized I didn't like sitting behind a desk every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the mental game had always been kind of, I don't want to say a sidekick, but a side asset for me as an athlete and as a coach. Um, my teams were always mentally and physically tough. Um, sometimes we lack technical and tactical, but we had the toughness. Mm -hmm. And so it was something I always used informally without knowing what I was doing. And so that intrigued me to study, get my certification. And so then I think I started realizing the importance of when athletes are self-motivated, they're doing something because they want to, that's when you're gonna have the most success. So I don't know if that really answered yeah. the question. No, 100%. I'm following my journey there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I want to touch on this piece of self-motivation, but before we get there, I'm kind of curious, like, what do you think the biggest misconceptions are around mental toughness? Because I feel like there's a lot of words and, you know, different thoughts around it. And it's probably a new definition of mental toughness as there was maybe in the eighties or nineties where you probably like run, run kids until they puke. And, you know, so I'm curious what the, what your definition or what the biggest misconceptions are. Yeah, my, my definition, I always ask that when I start working with athletes, what does it mean? Because it is a word that we toss out so much, but right. what does it mean? And to me, mental toughness is nothing more than what you focus on. So are you focusing on that you are tired? Are you focused on how you're going to get through that next sprint? Are you focused on poor me we lost? Or are you focused on what do we learn from this loss? Mm. And to me, that simple definition really is what embodies the mental toughness. Right. Okay. So that, that, that makes sense to me because instead of, you know, focusing on, right, like I, I just missed this shot, you know, I'm going to dread, dread taking another shot because I'll probably miss, right? Like that's, that's not being mentally tough. So being mentally tough is like, okay, I missed it. And that means if I'm a 50% shooter, that means I probably will make the next one because of the data. And that's what that says. And so that's kind of an interesting definition of, of how you do that. And so moving with that mental toughness, how do you also, you know, incorporate that mental toughness into, you know, encouraging like that intrinsic self-motivation for athletes? Well, again, it starts with their why. You got to know mm -hmm. what their intrinsic motivation is and then building everything around that. So if my why is to be a part of a team and accomplishing something bigger together, then my focus turns to what do I need to do to, for that instead of, for me, I only played 20 minutes this game. Or so speaking to their why with the motivation and then using that to help them refocus, shift their focus on whatever it is that they're stuck on for that short term result or lack of result. 
Right. And so with that, I'm kind of curious as I'm kind of thinking and hearing you talk is like, if we, we take basketball, for example, I feel like football is even more challenging, but if you have 12 different athletes who have 12 different whys, I'm curious, you know, I'm big on, on culture building and team building. How do you, you know, how do we recognize and be able to tap into, you know, someone who just loves the game of basketball and someone who's kind of just playing it for fun, like, especially thinking for me in high school. Yeah. So if I'm working with a team, then there's always the big why of the team and then stressing to the individuals that somehow their individual why of being on that team obviously needs to connect or have some kind of attachment to the overall team one. But as far as people having different whys, I think that really can strengthen a team when everyone can stop and appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. I was very competitive. I hated yeah. to lose. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say hated. I still hate to lose. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> yeah, playing Monopoly or whatever. I, I don't Anything. Know. <laughs> nope, never. We're never losing. So, but I, I can recognize and appreciate teammates I've had that were there for the fun. Because they right. probably helped bring me down and <laughs> actually probably helped strengthen me even more. Right. Than if we had all been like, can't lose, can't lose, can't lose. Yeah. Uh, it might have been harder to bounce back at times. Yeah, and I guess that's that's a good point in terms of like just having balance on a team, right? You're gonna have probably it's kind of the the Kobe and Shaq comparison, right? Kobe had the insane work ethic, but you know Shaq always had the the antics, the funniness, and the humor around it. And even though they butted heads quite a bit, you know they kind of ended up. I don't know. It's just like some of those balances and maybe appreciating it more. And I'm sure when you're in the spotlight like them you know, it's, it's probably harder to appreciate that because you're, you're always seeing it on media, but you know, with, you know, high school athletes, you know, they're, they're hopefully not being too spotlighted too much in the media in terms of that. So yeah, creating that respect. I'm curious, you know, like what exercises or activities do you like utilize to help teams like find their why together? Well, I think that's starting with what's your goal. What do you want to accomplish? And then why do you want to accomplish that? And so I can't say there's really exercises, but it's having some just some informal conversation, having freedom for them to say, this is this is what we want. This is what we think we can do. And then, okay, you want to win a championship. Why do you want to win a championship? Mm -hmm. Um, And and sometimes they're like, what? What, uh, Why would I want to win a championship? But getting them to think on a deeper level and. So informal conversation and having those open, you know, communications helps start to build the pathway for that journey. Yeah. And having those conversations is an opportunity for them to really start establishing, I I guess, a a deeper why, like you're talking about, especially for those days, because there are those days in mid season and towards the end of the season where you're tired, you don't want to, you don't want to put in, you know, you want to, you know, half, but the reps, right. And you only want to go 50%. You don't want to do the full game reps. So having that deeper, why is an opportunity to, to continue to really like have, have a focus on those days where the energy levels are, are lower. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, your why, your purpose, I mean, there are days I don't want to get up and be positive or do my job. Right. But once I connect with my why it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is an opportunity. And it usually helps put it in perspective. Right. And I think the opportunity, I think something that I've been really trying to channel and recognize, especially as someone that's just so involved with the game of basketball and in sports is and podcasting, like we were talking about before, is that the, honestly the simple, cheesy, but like really powerful 
I get to do this versus I have to do this. <laughs> that is powerful. Um, I, I know it is for me. I, I get yeah. to sit behind a desk now and do Zooms all day long. <laughs> um, and I have a sign right above here that says that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, but it goes back to what I was saying, that the shift in focus when we were talking about mental toughness, it's just shifting your talk, your self-talk, which helps you shift your focus. And what what is your brain more focused on? You have to do something or get to. And just mm -hmm. changing those two little words really helps put things in perspective. Right. So if I'm, if I'm talking to an athlete when doing conditioning, cause you know, you have to be in good shape, right? I think that's a big thing where mental toughness really comes into play. It's like you get an opportunity to play sports to play the game of basketball, to play at this level, right? Whether it's JV freshman or varsity, you know, it's still a, a privilege to be able to play sports and play basketball. Like I have an opportunity to run one more sprint and be in better shape and be more prepared for the championship game. So it's kind of just like reframing it. Yeah, exactly. And I think going back to why, not necessarily your overall why, but why that word keeps popping up. But why do you need to run conditioning? Right. Well, you need to run conditioning because ultimately it gives you confidence. And ultimately, if you want to reach high goals, you need that confidence and conditioning. So now if I'm running and I'm thinking, all right, this is getting me in better shape. This is helping me reach my goal. I now shift my thoughts from, oh, gosh, this is so hard. This hurts so bad. Because right. <laughs> it is just a shift. If you think right. of how hard something is, then you lose 10% of your energy. Um, so just that simple shift of, okay, why am I doing this? And using that to help motivate. Right. It's connecting, exactly, connecting the why of conditioning to, you know, your your goals of whether it's a championship or playoffs or whichever the team team and individual goals are. And I, was, I, I actually had an opportunity to work at a basketball clinic this weekend, and, and they asked the question, they asked, you know, what percent do you think, you know, basketball is physical or mental, right? And most of us raised our hand, and it was in between, you know, 40 and 70 percent for mental. And then he asked, what percent of your training, because we were working with athletes, is yeah. is mental? And you know, it's probably honestly maybe ten percent. So I'm curious. You know, what what exercises can help start to strengthen athletes? You know, mental game. Um. So it is. You have to put in the work. We all know that preparation right. creates confidence, but it's the mental prep too. And so I start with that because one of the first things, besides what I call connecting with your why in the morning, and or right before practice and competition. And when I say connecting, that's saying it out loud. Because when we say our why out loud, it adds more emotion to what we're feeling and we actually feel that why we're doing it. Uh, so that's the first thing. Normally, the second thing is creating a mental warm up. Like there's not many athletes out there that would feel confident to start practice or a game without warming their body up physically or touching the ball or whatever that equipment is in their sport. But we do that with our brains. We we come from school or we come from wherever. And if it's been a good day, we got a good night's sleep. We usually come in a good, positive, ready to go mood. If it's been a challenging day, we often bring that onto the court. So teaching them a mental warm up where you're just being intentional for about three to five minutes and getting your mind ready to go so it can start at a higher peak. Um, there's no right or wrong. I use an acronym called BRAVE. And it's just you take some deep breaths just to regulate your body. 
I like to say breathe in confidence and breathing out any frustrations, irritabilities, negativity. Some days you may need to take more breaths than others. And then R is for recognize. And you're just recognizing your body language and your self-talk. And okay, now I need to get bigger, start practice. Um, if I had a lot of what ifs, just shooting them down. Then the A is for am, I am statements. You know, some people call those affirmations but I am confident, I am going to start strong, I am good with my left hand, I am a good teammate, whatever it may be. V is for visualize. So I want to visualize my confident self first. What do I look like at my best self? And so I put that image on the forefront of my brain, allows me to hopefully bring her out easier, sooner, quicker. And then I want to visualize if I need the skills or scenarios or plays and then the last one is e for energy and that's knowing and recognizing and this is a skill in itself that we can create any energy at a given moment that we need to um so if i'm sluggish before i come on this podcast even though if i didn't get a good night's sleep or anything i can create energy by my self-talk and my body language now i may not be able to sustain it for a couple hours but you show up with energy by talking the talk because too often, oh, I'm so tired today or today's been so rough. And that immediately depletes us more. And then movement creates energy. So the last thing you want to do when you don't have energy is move. But if you jump up and down, high five, fist bump teammates, it just creates energy. So recognizing that we have that control, if we're too amped and too like wired, deep breathing, bring us down and calming self-talk. So that's the mental warm-up that I implement, but I tell athletes, you know, pick what works for you, but it's a combination of self-talk, body language, visualization, and preparation. 100%. So if I'm a coach and, you know, I, I, we have, you know, I want to start a mental warm-up or, yeah, mental warm-up for our athletes, just creating a space for it. I'm kind of imagining, right, the BRAVE brave acronym is, you know, it, it may take, you know, I feel like the, the nice thing about that acronym is it gives different players opportunities to practice different things. So, like, some, some players may want to visualize. Some players may want to just take deep breaths. So, as a coach – Am I, I'm probably want to teach, you know, the different tools and give them different tools that work for different players, right? Like maybe, maybe a player wants to journal before a game and journal the I am statements. And I actually yeah. am planning on getting, getting players journals. That's like a side note, but in general, like, um, so I just, just giving them those tools. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're all different. What works for me might not exactly work for you. Right. But giving them some kind of outline and some knowledge in these skills goes a long way. Um, you know, teams are different, too. I've had teams that verbally go through this together. I've had teams where a coach will say, okay, you have five minutes. Everybody go do what, you know, gives them the outline. But, you you know, ask them to be responsible to do it, obviously, and accountable. Um, so, you know, there is no right or wrong, but it's stressing the importance. If that becomes routine, it's just telling their mind and body, hey, now it's time to move into being an athlete from whatever role you're transitioning from. Right. So it's able to do that section, sectioning off. And I think, I mean, as so for me and coaching, you know, the 
the freshman and sophomore boys, you know, that's, that could be a challenging time. Who knows what's going on at school? Could be stuff in the classroom, could be stuff, you know, personal stuff with friends and significant others and, you know, all the, the fun teenage stuff. So I think that's a good way of like resetting and focusing. Now we're here in, in basketball time or, you know, for whoever, whichever coach is listening, you know, like this is, you know, tennis time or baseball time. And so just resetting and reframing their minds. Yeah, it, it is powerful. You know, there's a lot of different mental warm-ups out there that different mental coaches use. But studies have shown athletes that use them have around a 20% increase in how they start. Um, the great thing I like about the Brave is that it's a great reset tool as well. If there's a timeout or at halftime, I can run through those in like 60 to 90 seconds and get myself reset. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point because, and, and honestly, how you start is, is so big. I actually just read a book, Win by Daniel Pink. And, you know, oftentimes, like how you start a game will often be, I mean, yeah, of course, there's a second half. You can have second half teams and you maybe adopt that identity. But in general, teams that jump out to early leads end up winning the game. So, like that 20%, that little difference, and especially as you go up in levels, is going to make such a big difference in, in the outcome of a game, which may connect back to the why. Exactly. So that's really powerful. I'd love to dive into a little bit more on how, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, the preparation really helps athletes become more confident, but I'm curious, you know, as, as I work, cause I know I struggle actually as a, as an, especially as a basketball player athlete, I struggle with confidence around my shooting. And now as an adult, I feel like I'm more confident as a person. And that's probably cause I worked on, I'm like, I journal now and I probably, maybe I do work more on my mind than I did as an athlete, but you know, what are some of the, the tools and steps that you utilize to help athletes build confidence? So to me, it starts with your self-talk. So yeah. if I'm struggling with shooting, yes, you have to know the form and have to have some kind of talent. I'm not saying, you know, forget that part, but Shooting is, is so mental. If I'm thinking don't miss, then I'm obviously tightening up. So I, I like to have shooters or other sports, if you're a pitcher or a hitter, having that cue word that you're saying right before you perform something. Uh, so I played basketball and tennis in high school and college, and I, I was known as a shooter, and my word was money. So as soon as I got the ball, I would say money, thinking that yeah. it was money going in. And it, it kind of made me relaxed in saying that, um, but it also kept my brain busy because our brains can't have two thoughts at one time. So if I'm saying money, I can't think, don't miss. Mm. Um, and then it's the stories you tell yourself. So if you did miss, are you telling yourself, oops, I'm just off today, which a lot of players will, will say after one or two shots, what's wrong with my shot? I'm off today. Or, no, you just missed that shot. And like you said, knowing stats and thinking that, all right, this next shot, I missed that one. That means the next one, I have that much more likelihood of it going in. So right. it's, it's the stories you tell yourself in the brain. And so an exercise I like to do, especially if you're journaling, think about the story you told yourself and then rewrite that narrative. So, you know, if I had a bad practice and I was saying my shot was off, no. My shot was off for the first two and rewriting it. That means tomorrow it's going to be a better shooting day or, you know, all right, I just have to follow through. So I'm not lying to myself and saying, oh, I shot lights out today, but I'm changing the narrative to something that's positive or productive to help me move forward. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So if you had a bad day yesterday, that means I'm, I'm going to go off tomorrow. Right. Like I exactly, you know, I hadn't heard of that until this weekend. Cause I still like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to lie. Like I like the last few times I play, I still play pickups and I just haven't shot well. And you know, sometimes I'll miss the first three or four. I'm like, ah, oh, it's one of those days. But you know, now I have a, a, a tool in my toolbox, you know, as a, as a pickup athlete um, to be able to tap into. And I think that's really powerful for athletes, you know, of, of all ages and of all skills you know they say that 99 percent of slumps whether it's basketball baseball softball whatever it is come from our minds and that we start okay we have a bad game but instead of minimizing it and it was a bad game we make it bigger uh oh what's what's wrong with my shot or what's wrong with my swing or whatever the sport may be and so when you start talking that way you know scientific studies show your muscles get a little bit tighter well, you get a little bit tighter, it's a little bit harder to perform that skill. Then you get more negative. It's almost like you're proven to yourself you are right. Um, I find it interesting. Our brain has a strong, strong ego. We all know that. Our brain wants to be right. Always. Yeah, exactly. So what are you telling it when you say, well, today I'm just off? Your brain, you're telling your brain. And so your brain's going to be like, yep, you're right. I'm going to show you you're right. And I, I mean, that's a simplistic way to think about it, but that's, right. that's what happens. And so it's really important that we become intentional and aware of what we are putting in our brain. 100%. And I know for me, like one of the bigger things, I've actually been focusing more on meditation and just like watching my thoughts and like being an observer and not trying. And, you know, sometimes I think of them as clouds. Sometimes I see them as bubbles, right? And you could just pop them and say, see you later thought, right? You know, and I think... <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of those things, some of those things like really do help me. And I think as, as I'm thinking now out loud, like as a, as a coach, that's something that I can really help athletes with. And I think it's, I feel like it's even more challenging for athletes. I feel like the comparison is, is a thief of joy. Right. And I feel like the comparison cycle for this current generation of athletes who are all on social media is even more challenging. And so once, you know, and, and what is social media highlights? And so they have a bad day. They start comparing themselves to the highlights of their, you know, the kids that are their age in, in other communities and their rival high schools and, and shoot even within their team. Right. So I think that's that's a big one to really help and educate young athletes on as well. Yeah, and, and another thing that I'll add with comparison, because everything you just said, I, I completely agree with. Um, but I like to tell athletes when they start focusing on comparing themselves to others is stay true to your why and look at their how. Mm -hmm. So I've got to stay true to my why. Maybe we're on a different journey, you and I, but if I'm comparing myself to you, it's not a fair comparison. So I need to get back in touch with my why. But also, okay, if you're shooting better than me, how are you doing that? What can I take from you? Are you getting in the gym and shooting 100 shots a day? So maybe I can add that to what I'm doing now. And I'm not saying you should go do exactly what everyone else is doing, but it, it's a good way to strengthen yourself. All right. You know, Justin can, seems like he can go all day. How? And then I find out, you know, you're doing a little extra conditioning on the side. Oh, is that something I'm wanting to do? And so now it, it kind of empowers me to take what you're doing and add it to me. Instead yeah, of being I, focused on you're better than me. That's a good point. I never, I've never thought about it in that way because I, a lot of times I just think, oh, comparison is 
you know, bad, but comparison is a tool if we use it in a way of, okay, you know, like I can look, I could be like, I want to be like a, a mental, mental performance coach. And, you know, uh, gosh, Tammy's so much further ahead of me, but instead I can ask like, Hey, Tammy, how did you become a mental performance coach? Like what steps did you take? Um, and you know, how, how did you do it? And how can I start, you know, thinking about, Oh, I can start implementing, oh, maybe I'll contact this coach over here and this coach over here and then start implementing that process and connecting it to my why, because our whys are probably going to be a little bit different because they're individual to all of us. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I I have to guard against the comparison, too. I see other middle yeah. coaches and they're yeah. these big talks or these big whatever. Right. And I have to, oh, Tammy, I should be doing this or that. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, let me first connect with my why. Is that what my why right. is about? And then mm -hmm. if it is, okay, how did they get that big speaking gig? Or yeah. so again, I'm shifting my thoughts instead of, oh, poor me, I don't have this to, okay, well, how do I get it? If that's what I really want. And that's the true essence of my life. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And so I'm curious, you know, how do you implement? Yeah, because it sounds like the, the coming up with a how is, is in is one of the bigger parts that I realized is like this weekend I was learning about like most athletes and even coaches, they know what to train on, but the, how you train at, like what speed do you go at? How do you implement, you know, the mental game, like we've been talking about is kind of what separates, especially at each level, like the, the gap between, you know, the athleticism keeps shrinking, but it's like the mental game and the preparation and the hours of work that you put in is, is really the biggest separator. Yeah, it, exactly. And, you know, I, I call that creating a daily game plan and mm -hmm. reaching out to a mental game coach, a sports psychologist, you know, finding a good resource online or a book or something and just creating that daily game plan. You know, I wouldn't tell you, you know, I've thrown out a handful of tips here, but I wouldn't say go implement every single one of them. You've got to right. figure out what you need to fill in with with your brain and here's my game plan and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I have, you know, a, a personal question right now because I think it'll, it'll also help coaches that, you know, I, as you can see, I'm building the brand for the podcast and, um, you know, just my own personal brand and, and you're out here as a, as a mental game, you know, performance coach. And I know eventually I want to speak. And, and so if I can ask you how, you know, what have been some of the steps and processes that you have implemented to become, you know, I, obviously you, you coach for, uh, you know, a significant amount of time, then you're in administration and now you're in this chapter of your life. But is there any tips that you could share with me on, on someone who wants to, you know, I have a different why and maybe a different what, but I, I feel like the hows of how you probably got to where you are are probably similar to where I want to go as well. I think it's practice and volunteering. Anybody mm. the first few years, and even still some today, hey, you know, let me come and speak for 20. I don't say come anymore. I say, let me Zoom for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it practices my skills by doing that, especially right. early on. Plus, you gain a following. Because, okay, mm. maybe you did it for free, but now you get people that want to find out more about you. And my why is to make a difference in as many people's yeah. lives as possible. If I focus on that, even if I did it for free, nine times out of 10, it comes back and rewards me in some way because I'm staying true to my why. So I, I think the getting the reps in, just like, just like a sport, physical sport, yeah. uh, and you got to put in the time without expecting something back, especially initially. And you know what? 
I kind of knew that, but I think John Gordon helped reaffirm that with me. He was sharing a story that he went on this speaking tour and like for free. And he would be lucky if five, 10 people, but he did mm -hmm. over a hundred engagements without getting paid for. And now look, he's one of the top 10 keynote speakers in the US, but he did a lot of free talks just to help pony skill, get his name out there. And, you know, eventually it's paid off for him. That's a really good point because as someone like, <laughs> I feel like you just hit me upside the head of being like, you know what? Coach Furtado, Justin, you are young, you know, like stop trying to, again, stop trying to compare yourself to John Gordon and, and Tammy, myself, and just be yourself and go out and, and do this. And that kind of affirms what I've been talking about. I'm actually working on building out like a, a basketball train, basketball and leadership training organization. And I've been thinking about different, like, you know, marketing and outreach strategies. And one of them that I came up with is just calling around the local schools and going and doing programs for free. So you're kind of just like reaffirming that, like, that is the way forward. It's the way to get your name out there because, you know, you're able to build those contacts and connections and I know I can do it. Right. But like, I, I just, it starts with, it, it's a service mindset and, it, and it's hard because I think sometimes I'm like, I am impatient. Like that is one of my, you know, like, you know, traits. I am sometimes to rush through things and I want things now. And I don't know, maybe that's Gen Z slash person, probably <laughs> my personality as well. But, um, that is just like, need to be a little bit more patient and go and serve. Like my, my mission is similar. I want to bridge and, and pass as much wisdom and impact to the next generation of kids as I can, like whether it's, you know, sports leadership or life, right. And it, it all kind of intertwines. So why does it necessarily matter if I, you know, get paid or not right now, obviously I have bills and stuff to pay, but if that's taken care of, then maybe I shouldn't be so concerned about, you know, building out a full fledged organization tomorrow. Right. It takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think COVID was a great reminder for me of that. Um, I've always said my why and make a difference as many athletes as possible. COVID hit, you know, it, it started looking like teams were sports were just going to be dropped, especially right. colleges, which I do a lot of work at. And uh -huh. I started thinking, oh, my gosh, when COVID's over, will I have a job? Will there be anyone that can pay? Or <laughs> right. And I, I kind of threw a pity party. And mm -hmm. luckily, I had a good friend remind me. He was like, wait a minute, what's your why? I said, make a difference as many athletes as possible. He said, oh, okay, your why then isn't to worry about what jobs you're going to have in the future. And he said, so why are you getting on every podcast or webinar or doing free Zooms for teams right now? And I thought, because he said, isn't that living your why? And I said, yeah, you're right. And so the next two months over COVID, I just spoke as much as I could. And it was amazing that the seeds that it did plant. And I was happier because I was being true to my wife. Um, so I, I say that to hopefully encourage you just to, if you live your why, eventually on its own timetable, it's going to work out. And I really appreciate you sharing this with me in this exact moment, because one of my things on my, you know, my, my plan for the week was to create an outreach strategy. And this is kind of in the back of my mind, but he's just kind of reaffirming it. And I feel like that's also just the power of, you know, kind of the, the, again, I feel like really blessed to be able to coach basketball for living and be around the game and talk to coaches that, you know, we share, we, we want we both want to make as, as big of an impact on, on kids and people as we can. And so that's like, you know, a really powerful tool and just a reminder that it's, this is part of the process. This conversation is part of the process. Exactly.
it's pretty powerful when you live your life really is so you know as as a, as a john gordon fan i would love to you know ask do you have any other john gordon stories or what 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 were some of the biggest takeaways from the the leadership you know training certification um so you know luckily i'm actually on john gordon team there's about 20 some oh, awesome and we have monthly bi-monthly sometimes meetings and the biggest thing is that john is exactly who he seems and he lives exactly what that he preaches and talks. And, you know, I think we always have that in the back of our mind about, you know, people that are in the spotlight. This is genuine. And, and it really is. And what I admire about him, he's had to implement it in his life. Um, you know, he had some negativity in his life, family negativity, and he's seen how shifting his mindset to be more positive, how it's impacted not only him, but thousands and thousands of other people out there. Um, so that, that's pretty, you know, motivational to me. And I think that's a big takeaway for coaches, you know, and the audience listening is, is, you know, you don't have to have a big following like John, but you do need to live your truth and your why every single day. Because I think sometimes, you know, it can be easy to, again, portray a certain social media image of who you are, but it's really about who you are offline that matters the most. Yeah. Yeah. Being true to yourself, being true to your why and true to yourself. And, and, and then that's also being true to your athletes. And, you know, because a lot of times, I think the most powerful, like I'm thinking about like the mentors to me are the, the people that, you know, they, they either didn't talk much in their, their action people, or they talked and, and their actions met their words. Right. Because, you know, it's hard for athletes to trust coaches and, and, and if without trust, you can't build great teams when they say they're going to do this and they don't hold their teammates, their team accountable, or, you know, and they, they, they say they care and then they don't, they're, they're showing up late. And so just like being truthful to the word is just, it's, it's, it's integrity. It's everything. Yeah. I think the consistency, and I think it starts with leaders and the leaders have to do what they ask those below them. Now I'm not saying you have to, to run the sprints, but if you're asking for a certain behavior, you've got to model it. Um, I, I won't give a name, but I was working with a collegiate basketball team one time and they had like a week off at Christmas time and the coach had asked him to do X, X, X amount of, you know, this and that came back. Everybody was out of shape. No one had done anything. And the coach was furious. And so I said, I understand, but can I ask you, what did you do during that time? Well, mm. what do you mean that what I do to, during that time? That was time for my family. And I was just like, you know, do you see how maybe they felt the same? You didn't go watch extra high school games or film or anything because you needed that time. Maybe they needed that too, or you needed to set a different model. Um, so as I, you know, it, it seems simple to us, but we often aren't aware of what our actions are saying to those that we are leading. And so we really need to make sure we're intentional and aware about that because we do set the tone by what we say, do, and think every day. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. And I think that it's, and again, sports is a tool to impact, you know, young leaders and young athletes that go on and, and have a career outside of sports. And so it's, it's more than just, you know, showing for the, about the conditioning, right. It's about showing up and, you know, 
what kind of conditioning are you going to do as you know in your career or in school later on so i think those are all really good points and and as we wrap up our conversation here i'm curious you know what would your final pieces of advice be for you know the the coaches and and youth sports parents that are listening to this one of my favorite sayings and that's what you focus on grows so are you focused on everything that is going well and trying to improve on that? Are you focused on what isn't going well? And then that's going to be what takes over in your life. Um, so that to me, we could talk an hour on that, just that one sentence, but to me, it's pretty impactful. Um, and if you think about, okay, what am I focused on? Is that helping me grow in the area I want? If not, let me change, shift my focus. Yeah, I love that because I, I came across a, a saying this weekend. It says, uh, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So exactly. And that's, you know, the attention and um, being able to make that impact around those goals that you want to. So, you know, Tammy, where can people find your resources? I know you shared a great resource with me, but also, you know, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So email Tammy, T-A-M-I, at r, the number two, lc.com. That's for, for Refuse to Lose Coaching. Uh, website, the same thing, r2lc.com. Um, pretty active on Twitter, at Tammy Matheny, and then I have a at r2lcoaching. Um, Instagram, Refuse to Lose Coaching, all spelled all the way out. Facebook, I do have a group for athletes called The Confident Athlete, and parents, parents in the mental game. Because I think parents, you know, sometimes they're not aware of the impact their words and actions have either. Mm. Um, but the confidence calendar, free resource I sent to you, it's on my website at r2lc.com backslash calendar slash confidence. I, well, I said that backwards, confidence slash calendar. But if you send me an email, I'll be glad to send it to you as well. It's on all my social media. It's just something I put out at the beginning of each month that gives us a daily, one little daily snippet to focus on for that day to help our confidence. I love it. I, I can attach that into the podcast show link. So you can go find that in the description. You can find our contact information in the description as well. Tammy, thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Justin. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like subscribe, leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts. And this is why I do it. I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward, make an impact on the world. So stay tuned, stay subscribed. Cheers.